On the last day of his historic visit, U.S. Health Secretary Alex Azar paid his respects to the late President Lee Dong-hui, who passed away in July, aged 97. He lauded Lee's democratic legacy as the driver of progress in Taiwan-U.S. relations. After visiting the memorial, Azar toured a new Taipei factory that manufactured face masks. He left for the U.S. in the afternoon on a U.S. Air Force C-40B aircraft. Health Secretary Aza presented flowers and tribute to the late President Lee. He also penned a message of condolence. President Lee's democratic legacy will forever propel the U.S.-Taiwan relationship forward, Aza wrote, before posting it to a tribute wall. Over the past several days in Taiwan, the U.S. official has repeatedly praised Lee's contributions to democracy. Before I do so, however, it is appropriate to acknowledge the loss of one of Taiwan's great heroes. President Lee is not only one of the great men in Taiwan's history, but in the broader history of Asia and the world's march toward democracy. The democratic legacy he built has made Taiwan a leader not only in freedom and economic growth, but also in global health. Azar hailed Lee as a great hero in one of several public statements made about the late president's legacy. After leaving Taipei Guest House, Azar went to New Taipei's Ugu District to tour a machinery factory in the government's mass production program. In the sweltering 35-degree weather, Azar ditched the suit jacket but kept the mask as he got out of the car to meet Vice Premier Shen Rongjin. The two bumped elbows instead of shaking hands and a safe social distance was maintained at all times. After touring the mask machinery factory, Azar stopped to speak with the press. It was a, just a wonderful visit to the factory today and we got to see the impressive, the impressive manufacturing capability to produce face, face masks as well as N95 respirators. After that, it was off to Songshan Airport where Aza boarded a plane that left for the U.S. in the afternoon. During his historic visit to Taiwan, Aza applauded Taiwan on multiple occasions for being a model for global disease prevention. He also met President Tsai Ing-wen, Health Minister Chen Shih-chung, Foreign Minister Joseph Wu, and former Vice President Chen Jianren to exchange views on the Taiwan-U.S. partnership, disease prevention, and other issues. Hong Kong media tycoon and prominent democracy activist Jimmy Lai was released on bail in the early hours of Wednesday morning. He was arrested on Monday along with his sons and colleagues under charges related to the new and widely decried security law recently imposed on the territory. Attended by his legal team, Lai visited his office and declared that his media empire would survive. Meanwhile, President Tsai Ing-wen has once again pledged that Taiwan will walk the talk on support supporting Hong Kong's democratic struggle. Thank you. Lai has been released on bail for 1.9 million NT. He returned to his company's headquarters at noon on Wednesday, receiving a standing ovation from staff and a bouquet of flowers. Apple Daily will survive, he said confidently. Lai, his two sons, and multiple big names from Next Digital were all arrested on Monday in suspicion of violating Hong Kong's new national security law. Lai was then taken by police in a search of the Apple Daily headquarters, as well as his yacht in Sai Kong, before being taken into custody at Mong Kok Police Station. Even his yacht was searched, and his second son's restaurant. It was clearly a very strong warning gesture, unless there was specific evidence they were looking for. Such evidence might be fabricated, though. As well as using this kind of red terror to suppress free speech, it is possible that China might draw on some other evidence to have Lai extradited to China. International media attention is currently focused on Hong Kong police. 
President Tsai also addressed the topic before Wednesday's DPP Central Standing Committee meeting. If the situation in Hong Kong continues to worsen, it will have a chilling effect on the media and destroy the democratic rule of law in Hong Kong. She compared Hong Kong's plight with Taiwan's own political evolution. Taiwan has also journeyed from authoritarianism to democracy. We have been through the terror of mass arrests and an age when the media was forced to let only one voice speak. We all know that the people resist totalitarian repression simply because of the wish to defend freedom and human rights. It is futile and fruitless to try to block the will of the people. I hereby call once more on the Beijing authorities to recognize this controversy will only be resolved through a sincere dialogue with the Hong Kong people. She also called on the international community not to take its eye off Hong Kong and pledged that Taiwan will take practical steps to support the former British colony. As the current administration, the DPP will keep our commitments. We will continue to support the Hong Kong people in their fight for freedom and democracy. We will also require our governmental agencies to continue to provide the necessary humanitarian assistance to Hong Kong citizens. This is just the latest of many pronouncements from Tsai on her determination to stand for Hong Kong. The humanitarian assistance mentioned refers to a mainland affairs council scheme to support refugees from the territory who are in Taiwan. More details were revealed about the citizen judge system that's to come into effect in 2023 pursuant to a law passed on July 22nd. According to the Judicial Yuan, citizens will be asked to participate in certain criminal cases, including murder cases, or those with a minimum sentence of 10 years. They will be present throughout the trial process and will join professional judges in deciding verdicts. Judges will be trained to make trial proceedings clear and comprehensible to all so that citizens can have a meaningful role in court. Judicial Yuan President Xu Zhongli, Minister of Justice Tsai Qingxiang and other officials pulled glitter over the board to reveal a slogan, Citizen Judge Participation in Court Trials. On July 22nd, following three rounds of cross-strait party negotiations and a 31-hour vote, the Legislative Yuan passed the Citizen Judges Act. The legislation was officially promulgated on Wednesday. It comes into effect on January 1st, 2023. All ROC nationals aged 23 or older and who have resided in their administrative area for four months may be summoned. To prepare for the enactment, the Judicial Yuan will provide training to judges to help them make court proceedings easier to understand. The goal is to make trials comprehensible to citizen judges and to bring the judiciary closer to the people. Lay judges won't simply be in court to fill up the room, says the Judicial Yuan. They'll play a vital role on the panel. A panel of citizen judges will be summoned for serious criminal trials, including murder cases or criminal cases that have a minimum prison sentence of 10 years. Ahead of the system's implementation, Taiwan's courts of law, the Executive Yuan and the Ministry of Justice will be working together to raise awareness of the mixed court system and familiarize the public with the concept of citizen judges. 
In addition, a committee will be established to assess the effectiveness of the system's implementation. In the future, there might be cases that require professional expertise. We might consider incorporating a panel of experts. We'll evaluate that and see how it would work. Instating a jury system is not completely off the table. The Citizen Judges Act aims to open up a dialogue between the public and the judiciary, so that people aren't just an observer in the proceedings, but part of the system. Taiwan reported one new imported. COVID cases on Wednesday. A man in his 50s who returned from the Philippines on Monday. The man is the 21st COVID patient who arrived from the Philippines since July. On Wednesday, tighter border controls came into effect from arrivals from the Philippines. Travelers from the country are now required to spend their mandatory 14-day quarantine in a government facility. Meanwhile, Vietnam has been moved up from a low-risk country to a medium-risk country following a COVID outbreak in Da Nang. During its weekly press briefing, the Central Epidemic Command Center gave an update on the case of a Taiwanese woman who tested positive for COVID eight days after arriving in Hong Kong. Officials said most of her close Taiwan contacts have tested negative for COVID, with the exception of three people still awaiting results. Officials said it's likely that the woman contracted the disease outside of Taiwan. Border rules should be adjusted with travelers from high-risk countries tested twice, says Professor Chen Shouxi of National Taiwan University's College of Public Health. He recommends a nuanced border control system with different measures for incomers from high- and low-risk regions, meaning some travelers will undergo shorter quarantines but take more tests. He has also weighed in on the vaccine debate, saying that Taiwan should focus its efforts on winning the right to produce vaccines domestically. NTU College of Public Health has predicted the global COVID-19 infection total will come to more than 20 million and is warning that Taiwan must maintain correct border policies. Chen says changes should be made to quarantine rules. If we really want to test high-risk groups, the best method is to test twice, with a quarantine period of five days. That means testing once on entry, quarantine for five days, then testing again. That will result in virtually nobody getting through the cracks. The college recommends that travelers from high-risk countries should provide negative results from antibody tests to gain entry, as well as following the regime Chen just outlined. For medium-risk countries, a negative antibody test, five days quarantine, and then a second test is enough. For low-risk countries, they suggest continuing the 14-day quarantine system. A KMT poll found 82% of the public support universal screenings at the border, but Chen disagrees. We don't want to do a universal screening on everyone in the country. But for people entering the country, in terms of countries where there are lots of infections, could it be that we should implement a kind of targeted testing based on the risk levels of different countries? U.S. Health Minister Alex Azar has just signed an MOU on health cooperation with Taiwan. He disappointed officials by saying U.S. vaccines would be distributed fairly rather than promising to prioritize Taiwan, prompting former head of the Centers for Disease Control, Su Yiren, to declare his visit pointless. But Chen says Taiwan should focus on fresh goals. In these situations where there's a kind of time pressure, of course the leaders of every country are going to be much more careful. 
We have to try to get Taiwan to be the Southeast Asia region producer of the vaccines that have already been developed. That's the most important thing. Teams across the world are racing to get a vaccine ready, and Chen says that securing the chance to produce those vaccines in Taiwan should be officials' top goal. Scooter riders are up in the air, arms over a new traffic rule at a busy Taipei intersection. At the intersection of Civic Boulevard and Tachin Street, scooter riders are now banned from making a direct left turn. Since August 1st, they've had to use a maneuver called a two-stage left turn, which takes more time but is safer, according to traffic authorities. Anyone who walks on Zhenzhou Road knows that traffic is really dense at rush hour. That's the first thing. The second issue is that it's very close to the train station. A huge number of coaches and buses pass through this road. Scooters try to turn left by overtaking the buses from the right, and they get hit by the buses. If you want to turn left here, it doesn't matter if you're driving a scooter or a car. If you are in the outer lane and you want to turn left, you'll definitely cause an accident. The Department of Transportation is not teaching and educating drivers that they should move to the inner lane before making the left turn. It's just punishing scooter drivers. This is completely unfair to scooter drivers. Hundreds of scooter riders blocked a Taipei intersection last week to protest the new rule. The protest was organized by the Right of Way Association, which argues that mandatory two-stage turns are in fact more dangerous. The protesters say they will continue their demonstrations, but the Taipei city government insists that the rule will stay and will be actively enforced. The winners of the 2020 Bib Gourmand Awards have been unveiled. For the first time, the affordable counterpart to the Michelin Guide features dozens of restaurants in Taichung, in addition to top-rated eateries in the capital. Overall, the 75 restaurants that have been chosen are almost entirely specialists in Chinese or Taiwanese fare. The even more prestigious 2020 Taipei and Taichung Michelin Guide will be published on August 24th. First into the pan are garlic and chili. After a quick roasting, curry sauce joins them. Next, a splash of cream, some cheese, and lots of spices. The curry is paired with naan bread for a classic Indian feast. For many, the lamb skewer is also a must. Taj Indian Restaurant has won a Bib Gourmand for its traditional Indian and Pakistani fare. It's the only foreign cuisine joint to join the list this year. I didn't really understand what category we'd won. I just leapt up with joy, and straight away I brushed myself up and put on some nice clothes. I was in the car doing a sheet mask on my face and reading the details to see what exactly is going on. The awardees include lots of Taiwanese cuisine specialists. Pork is braised to perfection and marinated in the house special sauce. Yi located in the Monga area of Taipei's Wanhua, has received a nod, as well as a purveyor of guabao steamed buns on the very same street. The buns come out of the steamer. The pork, with its three layers of meat, has been braised until it melts in the mouth. This winning recipe has stayed the same for several decades. Of course I was delighted to get such great news. I've been longing for news like this for 40 or 50 years. 
Bean sprouts, curried radish, and bean curd are just a few of the ingredients ladled into this runbing, or Taiwanese burrito. After a change of name, runbing specialist Wu Wang Zaiji has once more earned a place on the prestigious list. I've been making runbing for 32 years. I've always stuck to the principle of making the fillings a bit more slowly. You can't just stick any old thing in there because business is good. That won't do. This year's Bib Gourmand winners aren't just based in Taipei. For the first time, 21 restaurateurs in Taichung have won the accolade. 2020, in 2020, the guide has expanded to include Taichung as well as Taipei. Of course, this is an endorsement of Taichung's status as a city of fine cuisine. I've eaten at some of these places myself: Fu Zhuangyuan Pork and the Shanghainese food at Xingyue Wutong. The stars of high cuisine will be unveiled on August 24th in the Michelin Guide. But for most diners, the affordable Bib Gourmand list is the subject of more practical curiosity. Elite Spectrum has unveiled an exhibition of literacy characters called Grand Story Hotel. Launched August 6th, the exhibition has 10 rooms that are based on popular picture book characters from Europe, America, Japan, and Taiwan. Let's take a look. Miffy interacts with fans outside her house. The famous Dutch Rabbit is one of the ten popular picture book characters highlighted at Elite's Grand Story Hotel. We're currently at the Grand Story Hotel. Here you can visit ten character-themed rooms, such as Miffy's house, and also take a picture with the very hungry caterpillar. Each character is featured in a themed room filled with related books, stationery, and stuffed animals. Mascots of the characters will also make live appearances at the exhibition. The exhibition was launched August 6 at three of Elite's bookstores, including the Xingyi Outlet. I like the butt detective books because they are very entertaining. Snoopy was very popular in our earlier years. Today's exhibition was great. It brings us back to our childhood years. The exhibition has also set up literary-themed spots for taking photos. Visitors can take photos with a Snoopy. There's also a 300cm butterfly wall in the room themed on the very hungry caterpillar. In the room themed on Japanese children's book series Wildcats, visitors can pose with the eponymous Wildcats in their classic kneeling position. The story hotel came from a belief about story because we believe the story can inspire everyone and can make your life better. So,、uh, so we invite so many、uh, characters from all over the world, including Holland, America, and Japan and Taiwan. Lai Ma, a well-known picture book author in Taiwan, came to visit the exhibition. In a themed room based on his character, the fire-breathing Gugli, he shared his public works from over the years. The room has also augmented reality technology that allows visitors to experience the book through the eyes of the protagonist. This room is Gugli's room. This is my first picture book creation. The book is now 25 years old. I'm surprised that after such a long time, people still love the book. I feel very happy. The Grand Story Hotel exhibition is on display at select elite bookstores in Taipei, Taichung, and Kaohsiung. Visitors will have the chance to explore the exhibition and meet their favorite characters until August 24th. For most news, Stephanie Yang, Taichung News, in Taipei.